I do think money is important. I think the earlier you make money, the better. If you make money earlier, I do think there's a big advantage to that because then, you know, you can build up capital and then live off of your investments, essentially. What is up, you beautiful bastards? It is your boy, AppSumo.com. Yes, aka Rabbi Can't Lose, aka Noah Kagan. In today's episode, I talked to Joe Cohen of selfhack.com, or you can check him out at Instagram.com slash MRBioHacker. So I'm single and I'm dating, and my buddy Billy knows this, and he sent me an article of Joe's a week ago. And this is an article that said Joe is paying a $10,000 bounty for a soulmate. I loved it right away. What a creative marketing way to meet someone. A week later, we're on the phone talking, and I recorded it live to hear about the experience and share it with you. So if you ever want to learn about communities and relationships, plus some Jewish stuff, you're going to love this episode. Here's three gigantic things you're going to take away. Number one, how the $10,000 for finding a wife worked out for him or not. Number two, how to make friends in new cities. And number three, what do you do if you don't have money, you're not good looking, and you don't have status, but you still want to meet an amazing partner? You're going to enjoy those three things, plus a bunch more ear nuggets along the way. Before we dive into the show, make sure you're subscribed to my YouTube channel. I know you are, but this is for everyone who's brand new. Go to youtube.com slash okdork. I put out two to three juicy business videos every single week to help you on your journey. That's youtube.com slash okdork. And if you are a creator or you want to make some money, go list your software, book, or course on appsumo.com slash sell. This is brand new. Creators are earning over $30,000 a day. I literally think this is one of the best opportunities for creators to make money that I've seen in a very long time. That's appsumo.com slash sell. Also, special pre-show shout out to listener Jim Brown. He left a review saying, straight fire. Can't get enough of this podcast. Jim Brown, I love you, dog. And I love every other one of you listeners. If you want to shout out on your name on the show in the future, leave a review wherever you listen to this podcast. I check every single one of them. So yeah, man, I'm curious to hear your story. This whole like $10,000 and living in Israel. I mean, that sounds like you're on a quite an adventure. So yeah, I, the reason I did the $10,000 bounty, um, I was in like a certain period of my life where I was like, okay, uh, I want I to start dating. And like, ser- like I wanted to like really get into the dating world. And I was in, um, at the time I was living in like Newport Beach area. Uh, it's a nicer version. It's it's just much nicer than L.A. Like, I didn't understand city living because, I, I don't know, it was, it was a very weird situation. I grew up Orthodox. So I wasn't really part of the secular world so much until much later on in my life. Like, I, I was just in a bubble. And then, like, by the time I got out of the bubble and I started my business, I already moved to California. So I didn't really know what was going on. What was that like, dude? It's a very limiting world. It's it's a very closed circle. It's, you know, everyone who I grew up with, everyone who I knew was pretty much orthodox or ultra-orthodox of that denomination. And it's like a closed circle. I didn't really understand what the outside world was like so much. And uh, then I, you know, by the time I started my business, I was starting to get into the outside world, but I also wasn't dating much. And I went, I moved to California because I said, I got to get out of this, you know, shithole weather. So I went to California. I was like, oh, where do I want to live in California? I don't know anything about California. I've never been to California and I just moved there. Uh, I guess I'll go to like, let's see where it's nice. I want to go to Southern California because the good weather, you know, and first I actually moved to like this you know, no man's land in, uh, uh, well, it's kind of, it's slow, San Luis Obispo. And I was like, well, this is too slow for me, <laughs> right? I was like, okay, let me move like, uh, close to LA or whatever. Uh, and then I, you know, I'm, I'm in like Orange County. Um, and I still wanted, you know, a nice area, quiet. I didn't want like a loud area or, and so I finally went to Newport Beach and, um, I was actually in, um, the San Clemente Dana Point area. Capistrano Beach before that for a year and then I went to Newport Beach that's still like way too far from everything you know you can't meet anyone in LA really if you're in that area because it's like an hour and a half drive you know in, in any amount of traffic each way and it's just really terrible you know the main factors I was looking at were weather uh, for location and I didn't realize that um, you know probably the the most important thing is the people in a place right in terms of happiness and that was a bit, that was a big mistake that I made that you, you kind of only know through experiencing it, right? So I went from very sheltered existence in like a very specific kinds of people. I started opening up my, you know, world a little. I didn't understand like, you know, you move to this other place and there's like no community, no friends, no meaningful relationships in this new area. 
And, you know, in the beginning, I just thought, okay, I'm new here. I'm working a lot. I'm not really focused on this so much. But uh, in hindsight, I think it's just um, it's a thing about California, actually. It's not a place where it's easy to build a community of people. And part of that is that the dynamics of the city makes it so that people are so separated. And I think you need that proximity also to uh, build some kind of, you know, community of friends. When everyone's so separated, especially if you're the type of individual who, let's say you like unique individuals, in order to see a group of five people, you, you, everyone needs to travel like an hour in different directions. You don't really have like a, a strong concentration anywhere. For me, LA wasn't, California wasn't the place, and I decided to give uh, Tel Aviv a try. So yeah, I, I mean, just to rewind a little, when I did the dating ad, I was basically in like, you know, what I felt was a people desert. It was hard to date in Orange County, like super hard to date. Partly because it's very superficial and you need to be like a nine to really um, either a nine or you need to like flaunt serious wealth in order to date people. What would you rate yourself? Probably six. There's two scales. There's the regular scale, the Chad scale, and then there's the Jewish scale. Right, right. In the Jew scale, you're like a model. You're like a supermodel. No, I don't think so. In the Jew scale, I'm probably like a seven and a half. Oh, no, dude, you're a nine. In you're the Scandinavian nine. scale, I'm like a, a, probably like a five and a half. The Scandinavian's a tough one. <laughs> I actually, I've had some Scandinavians are like, oh, you know, I've, I've always liked the Jews. Like I've had these women that they're non-Jewish that I just love the Jew men. Interesting. Yeah, look, there, there's obviously a lot of, uh, you know, people who are into a certain look, right? They might like a Mediterranean dude, look. the bald look lately? people are loving bald is back now now being bald is like everyone's in i had a girl last night oh you're bald i love it oh yeah man you got to shave your head i did that and people um people didn't like it i don't know it didn't work for me i'll tell you that all right so you're six and a half you're seven and a half in my book in you know in newport and then so you you think of this idea to give away ten thousand dollars to find a, a wife yeah. And were you thinking this is going to work? What were you thinking? Yeah. So um, I thought it was a good way to, to find people uh, to, to make, I don't know, to like spread spread the, the news. I, I, I don't know. I just thought it would, um, let's see what happens. It did spread like wildfire across the globe. But the problem is, is that um, the people who bit were mainly, um, I don't know, it was like more of a thing that like poor people, in, you know, it was like a Poor people gravitated towards it. So I was getting a lot of Eastern Europe, a lot of Latin America, a lot of like uh, Philippines and, you know, Thai and all that, you know, all the, the poor countries. I was just getting like people from all the poor countries. You know, it would be some people from like, you know, rich countries, but it was, it was more of the, um, that was very uncommon. It was just, it took a lot of time to filter through everyone. So from that perspective, uh, it wasn't really worth it. It was, too much to uh like it was a lot of filtering a lot of noise and i didn't find i got the highest quality people as a as a majority but you know there were a few high quality people it was just not it wasn't uh it, it was a lot of noise overall i'm not sure it was worth it it was it, it was an experience it was an experience so probably from that perspective it was worth it but from the outcome i don't think it i don't i don't think it produced uh, any significant results so, hon, so you put up this thing. How many, like, how did it spread like wildfire? How many, like, applicants did you get? There was, like, um, 50,000 Facebook friend requests. I don't know. I wasn't using Instagram at the time, which was a mistake because it would have been easier for people to just follow me. How, and you get 50,000 friend requests. How many women referred in? Uh, yeah, I mean, um, a lot of it was from news stories. Uh, it kind of went viral on uh, on some international outlets, like, it was more inter... Did you think it was going to go viral? I didn't. Uh, it's the first thing that I did that went viral, really. I, I didn't really plan. I just thought, you know, I, I wanted... I honestly, I didn't know what to think. I just thought, like, let's see where this goes. But, yeah, controversy sells. And it was just, like, a controversial thing. 50% of people were just like, this is crazy. He's, you know, he's just looking to buy sex. And the other 50% of people were just like, I think this is, you know, it's kind of, uh, it's a good idea. <laughs> well, so how many women actually, sent, like, I'm trying to think of the funnel from a marketing perspective. So how many women came in and how many did you actually, like, follow up with? And then how many did you go on dates with? I think I went on about 15 dates from it. Out of, And you had 50,000 Facebook requests? Yeah. So the thing is, like, the vast majority of people were re really far. I wasn't attracted to, like, 99.5% of the people also.
Who are you, who are you looking or who are you attracted to in case one of our listeners is that? It wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't so much the type. I, I, I just, there was a lot of not pretty women, uh, coming my way. I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't know if there's any PC way to say it. It's just, um, I mean, the PC ways to say it is that it, they weren't my type, right? The not PC way is that they just weren't pretty. Well, pretty is also relative, right? No, but I, I guess I'm, I'm more, uh, okay. So, uh, some of my weak points, I like, um, light colored eyes. I don't know. I'm very attracted to that. Freckles is cute. I like that. Um, you know, g- lighter skin, generally speaking. But I- I'm I'm attracted to some dark girls as well, so it's not fixed. And I would say uh, petite, thin. Okay, so if there's any petite, and Jew- I thought I saw Jewish, you'd prefer, but not required. I think a lot of that also has to do with cultural things as well. Um, there's a very distinct cultural differences that I find uh, with Jewish and not Jewish girls, especially in California. What do you notice? So I mean I grew up uh I grew up amount you know in in the largest Jewish community in 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 America which is in New York City right um there's tons of Jews in New York City and uh I also I'm in Israel so I've 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 been here for a bit and I kind of get uh, you know I I get a I have a good glimpse of uh what Jewish girls are like I would say they're um more entertaining they're, they're less boring <laughs> I'm telling you, like every date I went on in California, the girl was just like, it was, it was like uh, knocking on an empty door. I don't know. It was really bad. I mean, <laughs> I had to really just lead everything. Whereas I would say the majority of dates with Jewish girls, you know, you they're talking more than I am. They're entertaining me more than I'm, you know, it's kind of split. It's like even entertainment. I don't know. You know how like the guy has to like entertain the girl? In Israel, is like girls are entertaining their characters. It's just like girls have like spunk; they have personality, which is different than just you know being a bitch. It's like in California, the girls with spunk are like just bitches. Here, they're just you know they they could be good you know nice, and they just have spunk, which is I like that a bit. Uh, what are the downs? I've never dated a Jew. That's one of my bucket lists for my life. So if if you date girls in Israel, for example. They're just not politically correct. So you you get all these women, and then how did you narrow? How did you actually filter down to the fifteen that you ended up? Did you do it in person, or were these like phone calls? Let's see. I had an assistant do it actually, kind of like I don't know. I I, I did a lot of them. I probably did half of them. It was it was it took time. It was time consuming. I'll tell you that. I, that's what I'm saying. I don't it, like. I had to look at them, and honestly, I just anyone with like a you know. um a Latin American or Asian name without a clear picture was a reject. The problem is I wasn't going to see them anyway, so it doesn't didn't matter. I was basically rejecting almost everyone who was um, either in Eastern Europe or Asia or uh, Latin America. Okay, yeah, because I, I think one of the things that appealed to me when I first saw your article last week about you know you put out the bounty for the the soulmate was. You know, on some of the, it, it, I, I, I try to think about what are games that I can get an advantage in or games that I can win easier. And I felt like on when I'm on these apps, just like every other schmo, or as Woody Allen says, schlemiel, I just kind of like, I, I feel like I want some easy, other, not easy, potentially easier and more effective ways to meet the right type of person. So that's why I thought your, your approach would, would, I guess I would assume there'd be a lot of volume, but then you can filter into some higher quality women versus, you know, kind of just swiping and hoping that uh, you can try to stand out. Yeah, it's that I would say that that's a pretty big problem because you really can't stand out with dating apps. It's it's really just uh, how good looking are you with these dating apps? You know, I mean, look, if if we're going to be honest, um, success and wealth are factors in attraction for women, but they're not things that you can demonstrate on an app. And let's say intelligence as well, right? And 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 for. Men, you could say that, you know, men are also attracted to intelligent women. At least I am. Half of it, at least for women, is like how pretty they are. And so that's why they're spending all this time on, on the uh, pictures. But uh, for men, I mean, you can't demonstrate. If you demonstrate that, then you're bragging. You're like a douchebag. You can't really stick out at all. And then, you know, it just takes a long, like you have to like stick out by like being funny. And uh, it just takes a lot of energy out of you. So you thought by doing this, you'd, you'd be able to, you know, sidestep that. Yeah, yeah. No, the dating apps were, were terrible for me in California. They're better in Israel, but they're still difficult. They're still, I think they're difficult anywhere for uh, men who are not chads. 
Well, I would say in Israel, at least every person you swipe, you know they're probably going to be Jewish. You're like, oh, Jew, Yeah, Jew, most Jew. of them. Yeah, like 90%. But you're competing. You're like on home turf. Well, hold on. So keep going with me, though. So you, you got all these. How were the 15 that you finally – and how did you filter them? You said obviously it was looks number one, and as long as they met looks and were able to, you know, geographically. Yeah, they were, if they were decent looking, and then I just, you know, I started talking to them a bit, and then – you know, see where things went, and then if 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 it was um, feasible that I could meet them, it, was, it may it may have been like uh, ten to fifteen, maybe I don't I don't remember. Like how how were the ten that you talked to? I think the most important thing is like if you have status and the girl knows it, then it gets you on the date much more easily. That's what I would say. But you're still gonna get more sex, I think, if you're just like the better looking you are. I think, uh, and and if you got a good personality with it. And and uh, you spend time in it, you can get a lot of sex. I think. Well, I think it. You know, to your point, I'm sure. I'm assuming you're in the same mind. I'm assuming you're in the same mindset. Is what are you trying to optimize for? If you're trying to optimize for getting married, then um, you know, status and money are, are probably uh, better than good looks. Yeah, I mean, I, I've read a lot of dating books and a lot of like women's books, and I, I think one of the things I've observed from that is like, what can you control? So if you don't have money, if you don't have looks, if you don't have status, it's, well, what can you do, right? Like you can get healthier. You can learn to be a little bit more interesting. Uh, and then you could go make efforts. So that stuff's within the control of it. I mean, personality, but the problem is, is that it's very hard to change your personality. I mean, you, it's very hard to just like get funnier. You could go practice it. I, I get your personality is your personality. And I don't think you should try to change it for someone else because then you're not, it's not going to be enjoyable. I don't think you can though. I don't think you can. Can you really just change your personality? No, no, I'm saying I don't think you can change your personality, but I think you can make yourself more interesting. So if you're just sitting like if you're unemployed, if you have no status, if you have no uh fame, I guess and all those things, you can do things about some of that. You can't change your height for now. You can't change some things, but you can make improvements like go get new hobbies, go try to get new friends, go try to like get a new more interesting job or things I think you have to do it for yourself versus... Yeah, you could... Uh, okay, so I'll give you that. Uh, you, I don't know if... Yeah, you could make yourself more interesting or you could... You, but that takes time. That does take time to make yourself more interesting and often money as well. <laughs> you know what's interesting? I'll tell you about this. So on my dating profiles, I put that I'm a YouTuber. Okay. Right? That's what I put. And so... On the other hand, I do have a company that's an eight-figure business that makes millions of dollars a year, and we have all these happy customers, and we have a team, and we have you know big office, all this stuff, but I don't put that on there. And I will tell you, there's different impressions based on that. Because I think when someone's like, oh, you're a YouTuber, they're like, oh, he's a poor you know, LA uh, waiter. I Honestly, I think I kind of like that. I want to be unassuming. I want to see like how they react to that. You know, it's it's kind of tricky. So from the one hand... If you have uh, assets, like if you do have money or success, you kind of you should show it off, right? <laughs> On the other hand, you come off as a douche, so it's it's a balancing act. It's you got to do it with tact. Well, you know, I think that's something like I've gone to therapy about is just talking about you know what is success for each of us, and then feeling comfortable not bragging about it, but just being like, oh, I'm proud of what I've done. I think that's the difference versus I'm showing this. I guess, you know, it's kind of, I'm thinking about National Geographic. I guess lions and these these animals do it as like, let me do this dominant status showing thing to attract a partner. Exactly. Because I guess on one hand, if you show status or success, I guess it could signal to a lot of women like, hey, I can take care of you. Yeah, no, I mean, it definitely, it, it, it definitely works. It's just that uh, you have to do it in a way that's unassuming or else you come off as a jackass. So what do you use? Uh, have you heard of Saw You at Sinai? Uh, I have. That's for like Orthodox people. It's for Jews, dude. It's like, like, cause I'm on J Swipe out here, but it's there's no one here. Where, where is here? I live in Austin, Texas, right now. Okay, so there's no one on. There's nobody on J Swipe in Austin, Texas, dude. There's, no, I don't. It, they all seem fake to me. But the majority of them are in L.A., Miami, New York. So I have thought, uh, and probably Israel. I have thought like set up a bunch of dates and then go to Miami for a month, or go to L.A. for a month, or go to Israel for a month, uh, and just you know, power through a bunch of dates. Yeah, so it's not going to be as easy as you think in Israel. But and by the way, Israel uh, doesn't use JSWIFE. They just use Tinder. <laughs> That's what... Because out here, Tinder is like trash. At least in, yeah, I no, think it's, in most it's of them, Tinder is total garbage. You can get high-quality girls on Tinder here. I'll tell you the problem with Oh, Israel. tell me what the problem is. And then tell me about your dates from the, the $10,000 bounty. So none of those dates worked out. They, were, they weren't bad. Just to, to give you the brief story, none of them worked out. They weren't bad. Some of them were quality girls, but they, they just didn't end up working out for, you know, I guess it's just 
just chance, whatever. If you go on 10 dates, it's probably not going to meet the one for you, right? That's interesting probabilistically. Like how many contacts to da- – like from a marketing funnel, contact, you know, exposure to contact to dates to hang out to actually find a, a partner. I bet – I wonder if someone's done studies on that. I don't know. Yeah, it's a good question. Honestly, I, I, I did start dating a girl uh, for two years pretty very seriously after that, like a few months after after that dating – not from there, not from the ad. How'd you meet her? I actually just randomly messaged her on Facebook. You just saw she was a Jew and cute or something like that? Yeah, how'd you exactly. Find and uh, and I just started talking to her and um, I thought she had a good personality and uh, we really vibed. And uh, she actually was in Montreal and I flew out to see her. Did you try to get her? Did you try to fly her to you, by the way, first? Uh, I did, yeah. And she actually bought a ticket to me first and then I just... I didn't want to um I didn't want to like talk to her like the problem was she could only leave in like 2 weeks or something and I didn't want to talk to her for 2 weeks and waste my time before like seeing her so I just flew to her before even though she already bought the ticket to me I don't know I love it how was it when you first saw her Yeah I mean I even I I even told her I said like I because it was just too like consuming I was just like I don't want to you know this internet relationship here Without really knowing what's going on, I just want to, you know, it's just simpler. Just get a ticket, fly out, and, you know, if it doesn't work, just fly back, whatever. How was it fun when you first saw that woman? It's interesting. Um, I don't know. It was, it was good. I, you know, it, it, we, in the end, um, it was, I, I, you know, she's, she's very pretty. I think um, she's a great girl. Uh, we, we ended up having a lot of stuff in common. And, and, um, you know, we have a strong, very strong relationship. Um, not, we're not dating anymore. Um, but she happens to work for my company. We we made that work. No, I've I've definitely dated people that we were dating. Like both my companies have had people I dated that worked there. Now she worked after I started dating her. It wasn't basically um, she couldn't get a job at, at in in uh, like in the U.S. She didn't have citizenship, so. If she, you know, we, she moved in two two weeks later to to me, and uh, what you know, she couldn't work, so I just said, okay, work for my company. That's interesting. Well, I guess you know, historically, a lot of people would meet. I saw a graph recently. It's like how people meet, and online used to be nothing, and now it's like forty percent. And I think a lot of people would meet, you know, either from their churches or synagogues, uh, and as well, you know, I met one of my earlier girlfriends at work. I think that was a very common, like when I worked at Intel. She was at Intel and it was, you know, there's a lot of people that are now with everything online and remote. Uh, definitely makes it more different to, different to meet at work or kind you know, even meeting through friends is a little bit different now with COVID. So coming back to the $10,000 bounty, two things I'm curious about is if you had to do it all over, like, is there ways you would change the filtering or the amounts? Like, should you up? Because the reason I thought of this, Joe, was I was talking with friends on a drive a few weeks ago and I said, how much would you pay for your soulmate? Or how much would you pay to just have the partner right now? And and I thought like man I would I would pay up to a million I think yeah so I think that yeah no so I think that the problem is that it, it's attracting the wrong types of people that's the biggest problem for the most part there are exceptions to that rule but there's filtering I don't know I'd probably increase the bounty number one it's just it, it attracts the wrong type of people I think that's that's uh, the biggest problem so you'd increase the bounty is there any way to attract better people through that. I don't know. Uh, and, and the other thing I would do is not make it. I would definitely exclude international or uh, would definitely only be in the United States. But even then, you're going to get people from all these random states. And it's just like you're going to you know talk to them online. And then there's all these things that could go wrong. Like they can be completely different when you see them. There, there's a bunch of uh, barriers in that regard, right? So the dating apps, the biggest advantage is at least you're only meeting people within your vicinity. With these kinds of um, bounties, you're you know it's not like a LA bounty, right? I, if 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 it is, then like you might as well hire a matchmaker. Maybe I don't know. What did you learn about yourself from the experience? I don't know if I learned that much from that experience. To be honest, um, I learned a lot more from. Uh, the long-term relationship that I came out with. Ha- have you ever had a very serious relationship? Yeah, I was engaged last year uh, to a, a nice woman that I, I broke off, broke it off with. How old are you, by the way? No, I'm 38. 
So what do you what do you find if I, if we can turn the tables here? What do you find is the most difficult thing to find a woman? I think well, I would I would start off with figuring out what I really want is the harder part. So there you go. Okay, that that's what that's trying kind of yeah. That's what I I think that long term relationship uh, taught me what I really want and and what I need. Not only what I want, what is necessary. Uh, because there's a lot of things you want, right? And and nobody's perfect. You're not gonna meet. You're not gonna meet a girl who has everything you want. That's the reality. It's just not never happening. What you need to figure out is what do you need in order to be happy. What are the basic ingredients that you need to be happy with someone else, and that this your life is not going to be worse than it is currently. Um, I think that. You know, being in a relationship, there's a lot of ways that it can make your your life worse, right? In some ways, it can make it better, but you don't want your life to be worse, and that's what I learned from the the, uh, the most uh, recent relationship. And the reason I learned it is, I mean, we we we're very similar, and we're both very you know we're analytical, and uh, we were growing together in a lot of ways. And she was so suited for me that I just I was like, I gotta stay with this until I just figure it out. You know, um, like I got to go to the end for with this until I I'm sure about, you know, what the situation is or whatever. Um, it was just a very, very I mean, we you can write a whole book about that experience. There's no question about it. But uh, the what it what it taught me was one of the most, you know, um, one of the most important things that I needed was space. And, you know, a lot of women, you know, they, they can get very attached to a guy. Right. And so even though I can get attached to a girl, it's just a different kind of attachment. No matter how attached I get to someone, I still need my space. Right. And so, uh, you know, and, and also, I guess my life is more of like an entrepreneurial type of life. I need periods of solitude. I need space. You know, there, there could be periods where I'm working a lot. And this is one of the biggest things. She wants like a very, very strong family. Meaning, like you spend tons of time together as a family, you do everything together. It's like a very, very strong and close family, which is not, you know, I'm not saying I don't want a close family. It's just different, you know. It's it's not just spending some time every week. It's just different. I don't know. It's it's um, you know, she wants to like you know uh, hang out all a bunch of times. It's just. I'm I'm more just like I need my space a lot. I need to work. I I just need to you know I need to do I need my independence. That's what I I realized I needed. So I think you have to figure out what are the core ingredients that you need to be happy. I think the way to do it is to get in relationships. Have you been dating a lot? Uh, I'm curious like how it is that you're 38 and you you still don't know what the core ingredients are. How do I I, I think I'm figuring that out more. Uh, I think what I've tended to do is as I start dating, I meet someone. I'm like, okay, cool. This is fine. Because I think I've just, I, I want, I liked that, that someone just liked me. And I was like, okay, I'll take it. Uh, versus being a little bit more proactive about like, I'm really looking for this kind of person and really going after, I guess as my friend would, I'm not trying to insult people I've dated whatsoever, but just having more clarity exactly what I want in terms of my prize and then really going after that like I have in other as aspects. I think what's fascinating is in professionally, I've been very clear and driven and like directed. And I think I've just kind of been like, well, in relationship, I'll just kind of be happy with whatever I'm getting. Uh, and so dating now, I think I'm being way more intentional. I'm trying to do 52 dates this year. It's a one, at least do one a week. And it's been hel really helpful to help me calibrate around who I like and don't like. Uh, and not that they're bad people, just, you know what I mean? Like who I'm like, like one thing, here's like surprising thing for me recently, two, two things. One was I really like a funny girl. I like someone that is just like really fucking funny. And I was like, huh, I never really thought about that before. I just, well, cause everyone, whenever you ask someone what they like, 99% sound the same. I want someone attractive who, uh, hard work. That's really sweet. It's like, yeah, everyone wants that. <laughs> and so I think figuring out the unique things. So like funny would be one. And the other one. I've noticed is I really like someone who I can just go on a walk with. Like we can just go walk and either they shut the, I shut the fuck up or they shut up or we have a lot to talk about. And it's just nice. For me, uh, the, the big things are intelligence. Uh, someone who gives me space and then like somewhat easygoing and uh, not, not too easygoing. Cause uh, I don't know. Like it just doesn't, doesn't usually, you can't usually get all three. That's, that's what I learned. And then, and, and so I can, 
you know, uh, and then, you know, and someone who's a good person after that, I mean, that's very broad, but I think that's pretty much with what I need. It's very hard to find that. And, um, you know, I asked my aunt this a long time ago. She's Jewish. But, and uh, I asked her, I was like, there's no way Rhonda, her name is aunt Rhonda. I said, there's no way I'm going to find a professional woman who's also a nurturer and, you know, a caretaker, like a housewife and, and be able to do that. Plus they have the professional and she's, you know, she looks at me and she goes, well, Noah, that's me. And what she was implying is that it's out there. And I think a lot of people just accept things they get. And I think that's why I haven't been married at 38. I think that's normal for people. Like you just accept the best you can get at any point. Well, I think that's kind of, we don't know sometimes what that there is that possibility. And I, you know, they don't realize, including myself, like, wow, there is someone out there that will be like that. Same for you. I, I think one thing I'm, I've been working on is also the dating. I think dating and work in general can be, feel like work. And I've been really keeping the mindset of how do I make this enjoyable? So if I'm going to go on a date or if I'm going to do a phone call or if I'm going to go try to swipe or try creative things like, you know, putting out 10,000 bucks, how do I make it more enjoyable for me to do it? Right. Honestly, like lately, I find that I'm just happier. I, I find that I'm, I, I think one of the most important things is, uh, I think, being happy because then when you're happy, you just, I, I don't know, I, I, like I'm in a good place right now. And I just don't even feel like I need a date. I'm just like, I don't know. I'm pretty happy right now. What do I need a, like, I, I'm just, you know, if I go on dates, then that's great. But I'm just like, all right, if I get to like, if I'm like 40 or 45, I'm just going to like find someone to have kids with if I can't find someone. That's, the, I don't know. That's my, my backup plan. That, that reminds me of like the junior high school thing where you talk to the girl and you're like, if we can't, we're not married at 30, I'm going to, I'm fucking you and you're going to be my wife. You know, I will say it's I definitely, I do feel challenged for women, you know, especially if they want to have kids. I was telling my, I was telling my mom yesterday or two days ago, I was like, yeah, I'm talking to this one woman. She's pretty old. You know, she's 36. And I was like, that's, she's like, Noah, you're 38, almost 39. And uh, yeah, you know, it's just the whole dating thing is just a fascinating part of our civilization. You know, just be, it, it, you know, part of the human experience. It's such a, a wild, uh, wild ride for everyone. I, I did talk to a friend of mine. She was really sweet. She said every night she, uh, most nights she prays that her husband is is doing well. She's single. And she's like, I hope he's just having a great night. And, you know, I, I, I you know, I hope he's doing well and I look forward to meeting him. And I thought that was beautiful. So what's next for you in the dating world? Yeah, so I mean, um, I I think if you come to, I, I mean, just to give you a heads up, I I don't think it's going to be easy if you come to Israel. Just by the way, I thought if I want to meet a Jew, I have been as a now single, like my bucket list is at least to go on some, you know, one. If I'm candid, it's to have sex with a Jew. I've never done it. You've never had sex with a Jewish girl. I, that's I, I'm not. Am I asking for too much, Joe? Um, I feel like I've been missing out on life. I feel like like the music's going to play, lights coming down, Jesus appears. He's like. I am the Messiah. You shouldn't be a Jew anymore. But I, uh, that's kind of what I'm thinking is going to happen this year. Interesting. I think a good way to meet a lot of people is to travel, actually. But I feel like when you do that, people are like, oh, you're traveling. You're just here for the hookup. Uh, yeah, you're probably right. You're probably right. I think what, you could, what you're doing, though, is interesting. Like if I, I met a friend of mine named Vanessa Van Edwards. She runs a popular YouTube channel. She said, no, if you want to meet someone, you do two things. One, you go to where they are. So if you want to meet Jews... LA, New York, Miami, Israel, like go to the Jew places. Secondly, use referrals. So go to the people that you already like and see if they have anyone that, that has, you know, within your criteria. Why, why is it that you want to meet Jewish girls? Just out of curiosity. I think there is something about the lineage, like my family's Jewish. I like to keep that, that I, I think there's something with that, that maybe subconsciously has been holding me back from being married with non-Jews. And I think there's a cultural comfort where I'm, I am used to my mom talk, not shutting up, uh, and I'm used to the way that Jews talk about money. Like I, I, I was, I was on a Facetime Jew date last night, and Jews talk about money, and I, <laughs> so I think there's that, and I'd like to experience it to see if it, you know, if is it that much different. Interesting. No, I think I think you should try out uh, Tel Aviv. I think you you might like it. I don't know. I I, I think. Um... Yeah, there is going to be, I mean, everyone in Tel Aviv speaks English, but there is going to be, there's still a language barrier a bit. You know, a lot of, some girls only want to, I'll tell you, in Tel Aviv, most of the girls that, um, you know, Americans date are uh, Anglo girls. 
girls who speak English from either from the U.S., U.K., South Africa, Australia. You know, kind of like the um, the Anglo immigrants here uh, mixed with the Anglo immigrants usually. Yeah. Are you finding how are you finding dating in Israel compared to dating in America? I know you talked about it a little bit. I'm curious if you noticed anything major. That's, I, like, like I said, I, yeah, I think uh, the, the the girls are more interesting. They're they tend to be more intelligent, and like um, I mean, you could even see it on like if you go if you're in Tel Aviv and versus L.A. Right, so in L.A., uh, I'd say ninety percent of the women are like nannies, babysitters, uh, or, you know, waitresses, um, aspiring actresses, aspiring singers. Kind of like, you know, there's a lot of like, you know, in the entertainment and hospitality field. Here, I would say uh, 50% of the women are, um, you know, lawyers, doctors, or software developers. Software developers is probably the biggest one. Yeah. So like, you're not, in LA, you're not going to see a lot of uh, women who are software developers. Here, you see it's extremely common. Extremely common. Whereas you don't, you barely, I don't, you like, you might see, um, I don't, I, you might see like one in a thousand who's aspiring uh, singer or actress. It almost doesn't exist here. It's like everyone in LA is like that. I know. I do have a, a weakness for waitresses and hostesses. I just, I respect their work ethic. I like that they're serving. I just find them so cute. They might be more hospitable. Yeah, they're just considerate. I, I guess I've also lately been really wanting to try dating, not try, but to date someone who's like extremely professional, like insanely ambitious, like a super doctor, uh, a woman who's in the business or maybe politics or maybe like uh, Aradich, I think it's called, Aradich, uh lawyer, something like that. Have you ever dated anyone like that? No. Never, not once in your life. And it's not, yeah, I don't know if that sounds mean or not. No, I have not. I've dated women that are that love their work. I've dated women who had no jobs, um, a variety. But I, I, I think I'd be curious to meet uh, really extreme, like extreme of sorts in that. Yeah. So I think like um, when it that's that's what I'm saying. Like if you do a dating ad, you you're gonna you're more likely to attract people. Uh, like a girl who's like a lawyer is just not who's like a professional software whatever it is a girl who's a professional is not going to be attracted to an ad that you know a, a prize money uh type situation that that's the you don't get those kinds of professional girls whereas um i'll tell you uh yeah i'm i'm definitely very attracted to uh women who are professionals who are career oriented um, my ex was, uh, she was going to be a software develop, uh, uh, she was going to be a mechanical engineer and then she just started working for the company. But, you know, um, she's, I would say she's a career oriented woman, very smart, very smart. But yeah, I think, I think that's, uh, definitely something I'm very attracted to. The, I've dated professional, like my, my ex was a, uh, nurse and she loved her job. And I think part of it is I, I really admired that she loved her work. So that was that was amazing. I think what you, I, what I understood you were talking about was like more like a doctor, lawyer. Not that the you know nurse is not a professional. It's just like you know, kind of like a very a more serious profession. I guess it's like more status. Uh, you know, if you're a doctor, it's more status than a nurse. Not serious because being a nurse is amazing. No, I would say it's more status though. If you're a doctor. I would say there's more status than a nurse, uh, not to offend nurses. No, no, nurses, my mom's a nurse. Uh, nurses are amazing. I mean, I can never do their work. That's interesting to admit some of this stuff publicly or out loud, not publicly, but out loud. And not saying that that's, I have to have that, but just to say like, I, I, I want to try it. I want to I wanna get a taste of it. And maybe I'm like, no, I actually want someone who's, you know, not so into that because then they have no time to be into me. Or maybe you get maybe maybe Joe, you can get all of it. Have you ever been to uh, Israel, by the way? Yeah, I come every year. Oh right, right. You come. You actually told me that, and um, and so you've been to Tel Aviv, but you didn't really do the dating thing here. Well, no. So three years ago, right when I started, uh, I started seeing the girl who I got engaged to. Right before I I started dating her, I told her I was like, I'm going to Israel. And I'm looking for a wife. So just a heads up, like that's that's part of the the deal. And so I got to Israel. And I think I, I just felt lonely and I was a little scared and I didn't really try to date. And then she was texting me and I just kind of was like, all right, well, I miss her. 
Do you find that you like living in the U.S. like Austin, Texas? You like that there? I think living for me is it, I go through seasons where I've had different moments where there was a moment I thought I was going to move to New York a few years ago. In the summers, I live in L.A., so I've gone to L.A. every summer, and I go to Israel in, in kind of late summer, like August, well, August, July. I think there's just different seasons where you know I want to be in different places. Lately, Austin's been so fun because all these people are moving here. The weather here has been phenomenal. Uh, it's very familiar to me. So I've, I've really liked being here. Do you find that you have like, do you feel like you're, you have a community in, in these places? Uh, a million, you know, my friend said this quote and you said, you talked about community earlier. And my friend, Dan Andrews, who runs a tropical MBA pro podcast, he said this quote that I thought was amazing. He's like, I'd rather have a second rate city with first rate friends than a first rate city with second rate friends any day. And that's how, I mean, Austin is like 80% of my closest friends live here. So that's, that's, yeah, I think that's where, um, that's where you want, and, and like, these friends are, um, are you find that they're entrepreneurs? Is that who you gravitate to? Yeah. It, it's funny. I had a conversation with my buddy, Joe Kelly. He's an entrepreneur. He runs a crypto business called Unchained Capital. And I had a talk. He was talking to a friend of his. He's from Alaska and his friend's a fireman. And this is going to sound really fucking, uh, it's not to sound messed up, but it, most of my friends are wealthy and most of my friends are entrepreneurs and, and extremely successful. And I don't know. I guess I want to be around people I admire and not to say that you have to be successful for me to admire you, but it was just kind of interesting to realize that. Yeah. I think I, I have a similar type things. I gravitate to, um, to like entrepreneurs, not, not necessarily though. Like I, I find, you know, software developers, um, also they're more like logical and they're smart usually, uh, often. Um, and so I, I find either software developers, entrepreneurs, those are the type of, guy friends that I like to have usually. Yeah. I mean, I think what's, what I found fascinating, Joe, was that in some areas of my life, I am having, I, I'm, I'm having extremely high standards. And then with women, I think I'm more like, oh, you like me and you're attractive. Sure. Let's do it. And, and maybe there's, I don't think it maybe has to be the same consistency, but there's something there about like approaching it congruently. At least you know, it's my mindset now. And I feel like as I say this, it's like such a dick fuck things about my ex, which she's great. It's just, I don't know if she's great for me. Or if I'm great for her, just as well. Dude, maybe I'll come to Israel. We'll go on the prowl. Yeah, I mean, actually, you could, uh, in Israel, you could uh, approach women. I, I think that it's it's only, uh, you can only do it in a few places, like, um, you know, New York City. I, I guess you could do it in a bunch of places, but you need a, um, you can just go up to people and start talking. I'll start talking to you. Hello, I'm new to this country. I'm from the the States. Could you help me find the falafel place? Half of the time, they'll just be like, get the F out of here. And half the time, they'll be like, oh, hey, how you doing? You know you know, Yashka? Uh, Yashka sounds familiar. What is that? The falafel place? It's a restaurant? Yeah, it's a popular restaurant. Oh, I heard of it. Yeah, I, I may have eaten in there. I don't remember, but yeah. It is hella good. So I'll be like, how do I get there? Can you help me? You know what I do for uh, my pickup line? Um, I find that this is the best, uh, <laughs> the best one actually. That's it works in all uh, most situations. I just, I, I'm just in it, Tel Aviv is a small place. Um, so I'm just like, hey, did I see you on the dating app, uh, on Tinder? Yeah. So if they say, uh, if they say like, no, I'm like dating someone, I'm like, oh, okay, oh, sorry, it was a mistake. You know. Um, if they say like. Hmm, I'm not sure. I don't I don't remember you, whatever. Then it's like, okay, they're on Tinder. That means they're dating, <laughs> right? They're single. And then they, you know, if, if they're not interested, they'll just be like, oh, I don't think so. Um, you know, I'm 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 gonna go, whatever. Or if they're interested, they'll be like, Oh, I don't know. you know, and you're just like, Oh, uh, well, you know, and then all of a sudden you get into you you're you both know you're single, and then you uh you can get into conversation. And it works in a lot of situations. Well, I, I think to your your original bounty thing, I think the point for me, meeting offline or referrals is just a lot more effective. Because when you go up to someone and you start talking, I feel like the dating app is just so easy to like ignore people. It's so easy to, on both sides. But when you meet someone in person and you like either have some little of a connection, you get a number. Or, I normally ask for Instagram. I find it safer for both. Honestly, I don't give a shit if they know my number. But I think for a woman, they're like, all right, well, I can always block him or not reply to his Instagram. But I just find like meeting in person just almost a little bit more exciting, not maybe more exciting. And also, I guess there's maybe subconsciously, it's like, I, I think there's still the fantasy. I want to meet someone in like a really creative way. 
Because maybe I think I'm a creative special person. I should, it should be in a special way versus like I swiped right. But my, my Jewish buddy, Adam Gilbert, he's like, Noah, you're, you know, relatively busy professional. Like you're on an app. You might be able to meet other busy female professionals on these apps too. Right. You find most of your friends, like your entrepreneur friends, they find people on these apps. What you may, the question I heard or that I, I was reflecting on is how many of my friends are in relationships or married? And I would say more and more now are in relationships. I have a few of us stragglers that are out there. How do my friends meet? JR met his wife at the airport. They were in line for the, the flight, which it's funny because I met my girlfriend at the same time in the airport, coincidentally, this ex-girlfriend. My last girlfriend I met through a referral. Lloyd's wife used to work with him. Brian met his wife on a dating app. Boris met on a dating app. Wow, Ian met on a dating app. So yeah, a good amount of them met on dating apps, I guess. Wow. Okay, that's But they met actually funny enough though, like these guys met on the V1 of dating apps. So like they met on JDate, which I don't know if is as popular, or match.com, which you know you don't hear about as much. Anyway, I don't know. What about your friends? Are your friends in relationships, married, single? Oh, that's a good question. I mean, um, so I, I, like my friend's situation is very interesting. Um, I don't I don't have that many close friends like you. I don't have 18 best friends. How are you making friends out there? Israel is quite easy to meet people, I think. So like um, I play I, I play a lot of volleyball. Beach volleyball is the greatest. Um, and, you know, there's a large group. So I meet a lot of people at volleyball. Uh, I have a poker group. There's about 10 people that come every week. I get, you know, I, I know people from there they uh i said i hosted at my apartment so you know we have a nice poker group um i do friday night dinners sometimes other times um just like uh, maybe i'll approach someone but i guess that's those aren't friends those are more dating uh tinder or that kind of stuff but yeah um if i'm meeting guys it's mainly through friday night dinners poker pokers like almost all guys and then um or just uh you know or just could be from you know business connections in some way they know me from my site or somewhere and they connect and you know i'm in general i'm down to uh connect with entrepreneurs i like i like meeting different entrepreneurs yeah i'm trying to think i think that's a fascinating so there's a lot we talked about you know i think high level it's community and relationships and maybe all of it it comes down to relationships and i think it's you know female relationships as well as male relationships uh i remember when i was in israel i felt i did feel lonely um, I didn't have any like my family lives there, but they weren't they weren't living in Tel Aviv anymore. They live more north, and I did a hum, hummus and wine. So I'd buy a bunch of like falafels. I just buy a shit ton of falafel balls and buy like nice wine, and we just like I'd invite people and say bring a friend. But I think just in general, it's fascinating. How do you meet friends wherever you move or wherever you live? So I, I found it was very difficult in California, just because everything is so spread out here. Everything is like. Uh you know, five minute walk or like a, you know, five minute uh, scooter ride, like a, you know, a lime bird scooter ride. And uh, just to have a poker game at my house, like nobody's traveling more than five minutes uh, by walking or scooter ride, right? So it's just everything's like much closer and denser, which you don't really have in most American cities. And I think that's not a good thing um, for community. Um, and uh, yeah, I think, I think, I think uh, community, sense community, uh, having friends, I think it's probably the, the most important thing to happiness uh, in general, having relationships. My ex used to say, not, my ex from like high school, because I was focused on money, or maybe it was college, I don't know. And she's like, all you care about is money, and people are the only thing that matter. And I was like, shut up, bitch. Uh, but I think she was right. And I, apolog well, I apologize for calling her bitch. But uh, I was like, yeah, it is. At the end of the day, it's really like, you're on this planet alone, and who we meet, how we experience people like this or people that are part of our audiences, which honestly has been amazing for me to be a part of. Like I get to meet cool people from the internet uh, and hopefully, you know, help them with what we're putting out there. But yeah, at the end of the day, it really is who else we get to be, you know, enjoying this journey with. Yeah, I think, um, I do think money is important. Like I think the earlier you make money, the better, right? Because otherwise, if you make it too late, you could get on this like, you know, th this never ending cycle of like you start having kids and then, you know, you're always just trying to keep up. You're always just trying to like, you know, if, especially if you get a wife who likes to spend money or if you like to spend money, um, you're just always going to feel like, oh, I need more. I need more rather than if you make money earlier. I do think there's a big advantage to that because then, you know, you can build up capital and then live off of, you know, uh, your investments essentially. 
It's 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 I think it's a better strategy. And then I think uh later on you could you know focus more on other things, but uh I think mo- uh, focusing on money is probably a good thing earlier on so that you can build capital and the earlier you build capital the 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 easier the rest of your life is going to be. It's actually kind of interesting. It does definitely give me more freedom and options to choose how to date if I want to travel somewhere. If you want to fly someone in or go fly to them without having to consider like bills. It's, it's, it, I think what's fascinating is listening to yourself, uh, where it's like, you know, right now you said you were even saying, Hey, I'm not really feeling like dating. And if you were feeling like dating, you know, listen to that too. Yeah. I mean, you could, with money, you can travel wherever you want. You can, um, it, it, it opens up possibilities. That's, that's the thing. Oh, no. I, I think what's fascinating about when you move places or in general is that not that money should be the end goal of life because event, you know, you can bury it with you. I found out. Uh, I've been looking into that. That's a joke. And, uh, but it does make it easier to do the things you want or give you options, which sometimes suck, uh, to make dating and, you know, relationships easier or better. I, I think maybe part of it though, it's, it's interesting who we surround ourselves with, right? Like if you're, my friend said this to me recently, he's like, if you're hanging out with a bunch of single guys, Noah, you're probably going to stay single. If you want to get married and you really want to find a partner, like hang out with your married dudes. And, uh, I think that there's probably some truth to that, but, uh, I want to, I'm going to come out to Israel. We're going to play some volleyball together and go on some double dates. Have you ever played volleyball before? A little bit. I'm, I'm relatively athletic for a Jewish person. Okay, that that should uh, <laughs> that should work. Yeah, no, no. Uh, so I think, uh, yeah, you come out here. Uh, we'll play volleyball. Um, we'll be, you know, you can meet everyone in poker. Um, you you play poker? Yeah, I love giving away money. I'm mean, that's like my favorite thing about poker is just like having people take my money. Okay. Um, <laughs> Joking, dude. No, I I also have an extra bedroom. If you wanted, um, uh, dude. you know, if, if yeah, if if you were here for like a couple days a week or whatever, dude, two days, two days until the fish stink is what my friend says. <laughs> I think I think I could uh, deal with uh, up to a week. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I don't know when I would get out there. I do want to also, Joe. We're not gonna have time to talk about it now, but I want to talk about what life is like for Israel for people that don't know. You said you had stuff about learning Hebrew and your business model. Plus, I want to know more about the secular world versus orthodox versus ultra. Uh, we're going to have to do a round two. Okay, yeah, I can talk all about that stuff. <laughs> all right, my man. Well, that is a wrap. I hope you love the episode as much as I did. If you did, go give Joe some love at selfhack.com or on Instagram at Mr. That's M-R Biohacker, B-I-O-H-A-C-K-E-R. Next, text a friend you love them. Yo, dog, let's go make some new friends together. And before you go, tweet at me at Noah Kagan. Let me know what you thought of this episode. I love hearing from you and your feedback. And don't forget to subscribe. Have you not subscribed to the email list? Sendfox.com slash Noah. It's juicy, exclusive nuggets of business stuff just for you. Sendfox.com slash Noah. Also, make sure to check out AppSumo.com. It is the number one site online for software deals. And if you are starting or growing a business, this literally should be your homepage. We started this company over 10 years ago, helped millions of entrepreneurs just like yourself. Use the code NOAA10 at checkout and you will get 10% off your first purchase and make huge savings on software that'll help you grow your online company. Finally, a couple shout outs to my amazing team. Thank you to Jason at podcasttech.com for always making these podcasts sound so fire. Uh, thank you to David Mitchell, Jeremy, and Jen from the Dork team for all of the magic y'all do. And finally, hell yes, we have a search bar on AppSumo.com. Now you can easily find the best deals for your business. And props to some amazing people for making it happen. Steinberg, Tina, Kamal, Damien, Will, Og, and Chad of the AppSumo development product team. Love you guys. Have a sparkly day. What's your favorite card in a deck of cards? No, I'm serious. I'm curious.